0: You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast.
1: So the two main ones that I have been running for are the Children's Hospital and um Pieta House.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Again, someone's always asking me um, why the children's hospital. Um do you know Touchwood, none of my, my nephews or nieces have, have been in children's hospital. My son has never been in, so I've been quite blessed that way. But that kind of it kind of stems back to Afghanistan when um seeing the children and, and how they're treated and how they live out there um every time i went out on patrol and one of the one of, from one of our bases there was a young girl that would always say hello we'd give balls of water to we'd um, she she became a, a friend so to speak but unfortunately on one occasion um the taliban or the insurgents whatever you want to call them um placed an improvised explosive device a bomb in her backpack and try to target us by killing her. So, you know, from then, I've always had a great deep stem that I would try and help children and kids and everything from moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's why I'm quite quite prominent on working for the children's hospital.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Pieta House, I've seen so many friends, um, people suffer uh, from uh, from Afghanistan. From just general life um, and the amount of suicides that I've seen and friends take is another reason why it's Pierre House. So, yeah, they're the two main reasons um, for them two charities that, that we do most of our work
2: for. Welcome to the Ricky Long podcast. And this one is with a real life role model superhero. And for once, I'm not talking about myself, I'm talking about Tom Hemp. You've seen it in the show notes. You've seen the picture that we've used. Tom Hemp, what the definition of a entrepreneur. Charity worker, ex-military, gym owner, PT, expert in fitness, bodybuilding background, currently an ultra runner. And I led with it and I'm going to finish with it charity worker. The work this man does for charities is absolutely phenomenal. You heard it in the preview of the show, one of his reasons why, maybe his his main driver. Um, Tom and I ca- kind of go way back and we don't go way back at the same time. So we've known each other for quite a while just through the, the fitness world. Um, So he, he did... Uh, a little shift, a little stint in one of the gyms in Westwood, in Westwood, in Dublin, Westwood, where I would have worked for a while with my work with Les Mills, and came aware a of each other. Then later he opened the gym, and I was I was lucky enough that I got to go into one of his gyms, which again we talked to, um, when it was reasonably new in terms of being opened. Um, absolutely phenomenal premises in Dublin. You'll hear us talk about his his multiple sites that he's got through the podcast. Um, and then recently he's actually, uh, we've just bounced a lot of messages back and forth. You know, he's he's big into his ultra running right now and he comes from that, well I thought he came from the bodybuilding background, but it turns out he was a runner and then he became a bodybuilder and then he became a runner again. Um, and it's just, it is, his mindset and his outlook and all on it, and we'll bounce conversations back and forth quite well here. Um, I know you're going to enjoy this. I am recording this on Easter Sunday on April 2020. I hope you are all well. I hope everybody is safe and what they're doing. Recently launched is uh, our Patreon account for the podcast. So it's a way you can support me and support the podcast. I The new schedule is we are bringing out a podcast every, every Friday and every Monday. So Friday is going to be the Coffee Podcasts and sorry can you hear that can you hear my dog (laughs) he's so loud uh friday is going to be the coffee podcast so on social media i'm going to sit down at least once or twice a week and have a coffee chat no agenda just with fellow fitness professionals get stories out there and then on the monday is going to be the feature episode where I would like to get guests. I'd like to have your input on getting guests, and that's where I want your support in the podcast. So there's a way on Patreon where you can select which tier of membership you want, and it's as little as four English pounds per month, and you will get certain weight in um, topics on the podcast, yes, guests on the podcast, yes, and I'm not just trying to make all the money from the podcast. I want to reinvent Reinvent, reinvest that money in the podcast. I.e., I want to get some some big names on the podcast if we can, and unfortunately, big names cost money. So, if if we can do that together, I think it would be a, just 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 a beautiful thing. There's a solidarity thing going on right now just in the world with the NHS in the UK, and just everyone trying to help each other. Let let's let's continue to do it. Let's bring love to the podcast, and let's see what influences we can have. I'm gonna plug three sponsors here um so I want to talk about the two main podcast sponsors first putting for sport body core training putting for sport if you need some home gym kit putting for sport are still doing that bodycore. A fitness training provider if you want to stay in shape in the fitness industry and by staying in shape in the fitness industry be fit for your business you want to check out body core right now for the deals they're doing on level two and level three and you can do all of them distance learning i've said it already on the podcast imagine you come out of lockdown and coronavirus times with a new qualification boom basically at the moment i'm going to be coming out of lockdown with a new addiction to biscuits. But if you come out of this with a qualification, I mean, that's probably better than my newfound biscuit addiction. And then lastly, the Jump Hub. Today we streamed our first live body pump class. Uh, We had in and around 500 people view it. I'd love to say we had 500 people do the workout, but it was probably a percentage of that, which we could only guess right now. Uh, But the Jump Hub is flying right now. Lindsay and I are having so much fun. Uh, interacting with people, creating content and education that, you know, that everyone seems to be enjoying and just getting that interaction. Um, so I'm going to put a free link for the hub um, in the show notes. Um, So if you want help with your fitness and training uh, this week for the rest of this month um, and beyond, start off with a free trial. You know how much a free trial costs you? The clue is in the title. It is free, free, free. Anyway, podcast, Tom Hemp, you're going to listen to it, you're going to have great fun. Um, there's no swearing in this one, but we do get maybe a little bit graphic in some places with some of the descriptions, um, but that's just kind of where the podcast went. And... I'm going to just hit play. Nah, Enjoy. Where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Ricky is a fitness industry expert, having been helping people achieve
0: their fitness goals since 2002. We talk everything fitness, business, and group exercise to help you on your fitness journey.
2: Welcoming on to today's podcast is Tom Hemp. Tom is a gym owner personal trainer, long-time fitness professional from Dublin. How are you, Tom? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, pal. How's things? I'm good. I'm good. I, I said, Dubliner, I'm assuming you're, I know you're gym and you're based in Dublin, but are you originally Dublin or...?
1: No, I'm actually, as they would say down here, a Nordy. So originally from Ballymena up in Northern Ireland.
2: Yeah, of course, of course. And th- does that... I mean, your accent hasn't, you don't have the typical Balamina accent, that's what I, I, I kind of first remember about you.
1: Yeah, I've been accused of being everything from Scottish to <laughs> African <laughs> um, and a few other sort of unpleasant places. Um, but no, I, I left home when I was sort of 17, 18 and joined the military. Uh-huh. So it's been watered down with um, everyone I served with over the years.
2: Yeah. yeah. Do you find when you're you're next to people? Because I, I always get this when I go home for a couple of days back to Belfast. Uh, my Belfast accent really comes out. So does your Balamina accent come out? If you spend like if your are watched Taken and you see Liam Neeson or anything for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it does indeed. Um, especially if we go up home to visit. Um,
2: when I come back down
1: home the next day. Um, it's yeah, it's all the Balamina twang and. <laughs> He's just laughing at me. So,
2: Um, so, yeah, give yourself, you know, an introduction, tell people, you know, who you are, where you're from, we've maybe covered that, but kind of what it is you do. I mean, just get people just an insight to who is Tom.
1: Uh, Who is Tom? Um, As well, we'll start from where we left off there. Um, Grew up in Ballymena, but I left home and joined the military when I was about 18. Um, Spent about 10, 11 years in the military uh done five tours of Afghanistan, Algiers, Pakistan, Beirut, mostly on operations and in the close protection unit uh, as a bodyguard. Um, I left then the military to become a private contractor for my sins, uh, mm-hmm. working in places like Somalia, um, back to Afghanistan as a civilian. And then I managed to finish that side of things with a nice gig in the Caribbean, the Caribbean. From there, then joined. Um, I don't know. if Some people have heard them. Gavin De Becker. They look after some of the um, the world's most sort of prominent families and high risk um, people. So it was interesting seeing the different side of life, um, how the top echelon of the world live and travel and work. And um, I travelled with them all over sort of Europe, to Italy, Brussels, London. Finally left there and moved to, uh, settled back down in Dublin with the um, now wife and little boy, where I now own two gyms, FBT gyms, and uh, how would you describe the Fault Ireland as a cardio and conditioning chamber?
2: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah,
1: that takes me up to, yeah.
2: That's that's also, like for... I've actually started consuming. and he splits opinion. I've consumed a lot of Ant Middleton content in the last yes. two, two or three months. Now, when I say his content, I've only just read his first book, um, and he, from that military point of view, he explains in graphic detail. You know some of the things that you know he's seen, he's went through, he's he's been subject to. Um, so, yeah. how how do you think, like now? you know, now you're you're out of that world, how do you think that's kind of serves you to where you are now?
1: Um, it gives me definitely a different aspect on things. Um, when, you're, when you're patching friends up or seeing friends die and um, how they actually live in a third world country, mm-hmm. it makes the smaller things here um, less sort of trivial, which a small thing to me is, you know, a large thing to someone else. But on the other side of things, because I don't get worked up about it, or it doesn't mean much to me, and it means something to someone else here, then they get angry at me because I'm not that bothered about it. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's just a small trivial thing.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm quite naive to it. You know, I was I've never it was never on my radar growing up to go towards the the military or anything. You know, all I've ever seen is what's allowed to be shown on TV, and probably most of that you'll probably cringe at that. A lot of that is films. Which is always yeah. very very cinematic and <laughs> quite far from the truth um, but but for you coming out of the military and then was it always your goal to go into fitness or you know how did that happen?
1: Um, it happened uh, well, I met the um, now wife um, and she was from Dublin um, we had the little boy and um, it was either continue with a military career and not know where I was going to end up in the world or was I going to be back in, <laughs> in Afghan and would I come home again or or anything like that. So I decided to leave and um, it was a choice between Balamin or Dublin to settle down and
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, definitely Dublin. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's more going on in Dublin.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, just a little more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, p- people listening to this, will, uh, you know, they'll kind of know you from y- your gyms. Um, so tell us a bit about your gyms. I- I've been in I've been in one of them. I don't think the second one was open. The time I visited your first one, FPT. Um, Yeah, so
1: we've got two. We've got um, FPT Gym and Swords. And then we have um, FPT Gym Uh, Coolock. Both commercial open gyms. Um, Yeah, they're they're, they're very proud of them, so to speak. Um, Swords is a little bit smaller in around sort of 10,000 square feet. But Kulak is um, forty thousand square feet, so it is classed as one of the, the larger super gyms in and around
2: Dublin. Yeah, that's the one I was in the Kulak
1: one. Yeah, that's yeah, Kulak yeah. one, and then just recently, um, my business partner Sean, he just opened up the Fit Fat Cafe there. Now the pancakes are absolutely fantastic. We have, absolutely. yeah, the barbers and a few other things going on in there, so it's definitely worth a little trip in.
2: Excellent, and it's. If I, you know, for me, if I was designing a gym that first time I walked into yours, that was how I would design it because there was so much open space. I mean, what, yeah. what a lot of what a lot of gyms do is just, and they do, it, they do it for the right reasons, or sorry, the right intentions. They'll just pack machine next to machine next to machine. But you had the, correct me if I'm wrong, it might be different. You had the big kind of astroturf area to the right as you walked in. You had yeah. a nice open plan walkway and then to the left you had, I don't know, about 10 squat racks,
0: but they were all yeah. nicely <laughs>
2: spaced apart. They weren't all sandwiched together. Um, and then yeah, right at the back, you had a big open, when I say open studio, it was a closed studio, but it was kind of yeah. in the gym itself.
1: Yeah, um, so the yeah. actual... That studio is about the size of a sort of five-side football pitch. Yeah, sure, so, sure. <laughs> I know. I know some of the PTs do like to kick a football around in there from time to time. So, <laughs> But, no, that's it. That's what we wanted to go for, just open, airy. Because um, a lot of people that come to the gym get get intimidated and they, and they feel like people are watching them or are on top of them or there's nothing worse if you're trying to do an exercise and you can feel someone's breath on the back of your neck. Mm-hmm. So what it does is it allows everyone to come and – you can walk into the gym and you may know someone, but you may not actually cross their path for them to actually even have to say hello to you. Cause it's that big and open, mm-hmm. which is, um, puts everyone everyone at ease. Yeah.
2: And uh, how long have you been open?
1: Uh, the Kulak gym is coming up to two years and swords four years.
2: Ah, okay. Cool, cool. So still fairly new. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, so kind of a hot topic question, obviously, you know, the time we're recording this, um, 10th of April, I think 2020, we're obviously all in lockdown, you know, the, the gym's going to be shut, you know, what, what are things looking like, um, you know, for, for you, your members, what, what have you kind of put in place? What did the lockdown and closing procedure look like you look like for you? um
1: so with swords um we closed swords pretty much straight away when it all came in because it's only it's only a small compact space Mm -hmm. um you can try the social distance in there but it would be it would be difficult um to adhere to the guidelines so we closed that that straight away Mm -hmm. with a kulok one um because of the sheer size of it Um, it's bigger than most well it's bigger than pretty much all supermarkets here Um, we were able to remain open for another another two weeks um, with a with a maximum of sort of 20 people in the gym Uh, one of the trainers on the floor ensuring everyone stayed two meters apart no one was training in groups wiped Mm down machines before and after Um, but unfortunately then uh, due to how the virus was going and recommendations from the government we did have to close kulak as well Mm -hmm. Now trying to transition on to online, is, um, it's, it's proven difficult because um, we were never big on social media. We put all our efforts into the actual gym and the people in our area.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we've successfully done that. We now run Zoom classes. A lot of the trainers then have their private group with our members that do their own live classes on top of the gym Zoom classes. Mm-hmm. So it seems it seems to, seem to be working so far. Um, the, all the trainers are open for some sub- to support, um, and know giving, giving a lot of content away for um, for free to a lot of the members. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that's a touchy subject at the minute because there's PTs kicking off with people, should they charge? And other PT said, no, you should give it away free. But all depends on the circumstances of the PT to allow what they can do.
2: Yeah, so it's been I, difficult. I, you know, I've, I've seen some of those conversations on social media. Should the content be free? Should it be paid for? Um, it, it is a difficult one. You I'm not sure exactly what you finished with there. It, it depends on the individual's situation. Um, yeah,
1: for yeah, for example, I, I used to live off you know the the sort of money that came in from the gym went back into the gym and uh-huh. covered other bills, but then I used to live off my PT money. So do I charge for my PT online? But I can't Mm -hmm. because I have to serve the bigger community uh, of the gym members to keep them happy with gym membership. So I have to sacrifice PT and I have to give away free classes. Yeah, But a PT that isn't tied into a gym that is working solo, has a family and rent, no, 100%, he should be charging for his services. Yeah, You'll find the people that are giving away a lot of free content are people that have already online businesses with people paying subscription or they live at home in their mother's bedroom or in in their mother's bedroom they live at home Um, (laughs) why that one they live at home Um, they haven't got the overheads in the family to support so um, if they give away free content they keep the clients happy to be able to pick back up to where they left so yeah as we said it's all circumstances but I just don't like the way each
2: group at each other on social media it's always it's, it's always like that and i think the fitness industry yeah. the fitness industry is extra bitchy you know if i <laughs> you know if i were to compare it with other industries like you wouldn't find like travel agents going at each other the way fitness professionals do and you know potentially like gyms do um, but no. what my message that i've been sending a lot of my pts kind of my circle is kind of whatever you're doing now do it for the long term you know, plan it for the long term, not the short term. And sometimes that might mean you're doing something for free now and you could yeah. monetize it later. Or sometimes it means, all right, you're monetizing it now, but it will grow into something that could serve you serve you later. Because what, what would be, could be really, really nice for, like take your PTs, for example, in your gym, is once your gym's open again, they have a bigger business because they can have all their live clients in the gym yeah. They could also have online clients from their home, and then it could get this like complex hybrid system where yeah. they could train more members of your gym on an online environment, and therefore more of your members are doing PT. So therefore, yeah. they're more likely to get results, are more likely to stay. The PTs get more revenue. The gym's getting more revenue, um, and ultimately. We're getting more people fit. So if we're if we're looking at the the long term goal, kind of everyone yep. wins.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's all about now. To for survival is to build that community. If you yeah. can build a community now, you'll you'll be you'll be good coming out of this.
2: Yeah. So and I think some people get confused about that community aspect. You know, for, for, it's as simple as create a Facebook group and communicate with people in it. Yep.
1: That's it. Tips, <laughs> tricks, little little, little hacks. Yeah. Um, what I'll do, what I'll do in my community group is once a week I'll put the question in, just checking in, how is everybody? And that's usually the one post that gets the most response from everyone, rather than this yeah. super duper, this <laughs> super different recipe of, um, of of my salmon and orange asparagus. And <laughs> you no, know, it's it's that one question of just checking in how we I all. I love do. that. Yeah, I'm writing Not that just,
2: down because I've never quite asked that question in my group. <laughs> <have
0: you>? <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
2: Stealing that one um what i was going to ask about um your instagram page well not not so much your instagram page is because you've done some fantastic things in your own personal kind of training so if i were to go onto your instagram page and i see your instagram profile picture it's you standing clearly ripped shredded absolutely jacked clearly just out of a bodybuilding show and then I'll scroll down and I'll see that you ran 48 miles in 48 hours over the last weekend. Before that, you've done ultramarathons. But all, all your running's been in the last year?
1: Uh, yeah, you could say that.
2: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so um, I like to think myself as one of these new hybrids people. I'm, I'm a strength strength runner. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I know, I know most people are turning around saying you can't run and you can't hold on to muscle mass. But... Um, I'd like to think it is. as you know, you can. You can. Yeah, I know um, both both of course there's scenarios that on on both sides, um, uh, there's the fear it can happen. Um you can go into catabolic state and lose muscle or you just never will gain it. But no, if um with the right training, sleep, nutrition you can't become what I like to call a strength runner. <laughs> but yeah, no, it all started about I got into fitness really when um just before I joined the military, I was always um, the skinny guy. Um, okay. Always running, always running, always watching the big guys in the gym because way back then there was no social media. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't go onto Instagram or or something like that and see what the top bodybuilders are doing. And, you know, it just wasn't out there as much. So I was one of those ones that was just sinking three protein shakes a day, um, eating shit and running. Um, never, ever got anywhere over 69, 70 kilograms. I was a runner. Once I got into the military, um, I became a physical training instructor for for my unit. So I was taking everyone out on runs. But in the military, it's more about sort of CrossFit style training. So circuit training, far leg running, interval running. So you have to be able to put a back, Bergen on your backpack and, and tab mm-hmm. for miles with 50, 60 pounds. Um, but as the more I got into my military career and the higher up the ranks I got, then the less um, I was out taking runs, and the more I was getting into then bodybuilding. So I went—I must have went about seven, eight years without running at all. Um, and I continued through leaving the army, through the Gavin Becker, through the private contracting. Um, the more I got into weights, the more I started seeing the body change, and it becomes addictive. Um, but then yeah, delve into bodybuilding, the more your health does suffer unless you're paying top dollar and getting advice from the top people um it can become a quite quite dangerous sport so um i decided to flip on its head and um it wasn't pushing me in the mind as much as um i wanted it to so on a whim last year i decided to take up running again and give myself a target of 12 months and then I was going to head off to the Amazon jungle to run five marathons in five days through the Amazon jungle
0: mm-hmm.
1: but obviously that all got cancelled um and yeah the last five months there I kind of was just moping around just doing little bits here and there and then last week I decided right just do a challenge and one that's going kind to of scare you the year it might feel and it become that Four miles every four hours for forty-eight hours. That we, one of our friends, Rory, joined me on. Yeah,
2: yes,
1: yeah, so it's been a bit of a journey. I absolutely side. love it.
2: Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I am to i want to pull something out that what you said there because I think this will be interesting for people to hear. You were saying about you know the the health effects that bodybuilding can have in a negative way. You know, kind of yeah. what what were they for you? What did you see? Um, kind of because there'll be a lot of people who you know, might classify themselves as bodybuilders that might do that style of training, male and female, by the way. So yeah. what what are the kind of, because you did it for so long, what sort of things did you see that are maybe not that well spoke about? Um, so, with the, uh,
1: <sighs> so a lot of people think they're not bodybuilders, but if you lift weights to improve sort of the way you look, you're a bodybuilder. You may not be a professional or a comp- competitive bodybuilder, but if you, um, if you lift weights to improve the, how you look, you are you are a bodybuilder. You just don't admit it because of that social stigma that comes with bodybuilding. Um, but once you get into it, the more changes you see, then, then you start comparing to other people. And then it all depends on, on where, you're, where you become happy with or what you become happy with. Obviously, there's only so far you can go naturally. And then you start looking into becoming enhanced. Um, And then that's when you're starting to play with blood work, hormone levels. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, for, for young lads these days, I see a lot of them just going straight to the enhanced and not spending years and years naturally doing it and getting to where they can actually take their body, which is very far. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a natural athlete and bodybuilder, you can go very, very far. Only then should you look at the enhanced. Um, but, yeah, a lot of them are just – so even now, the, the, the majority of them may recover and their, their sort of levels may level back out. But for for a lot of the unfortunate ones, you know, they may never have kids if that's what they want to look at in later life. But yeah. you don't think of that when you're 21, 22, 24.
2: Yeah, I, I do think the um, the awareness nowadays is a lot better certainly than it was when you and I probably first started training like when you were you were that 17 18 year old I think that 17 18 year old today just has more yeah. information um, and I you know I I, I would never I've, I've never had encountered it myself in terms of you know enhancements yeah um, or you know steroids as they are kind of commonly called um, but it I might regret saying this we might edit this off, but I, I don't know if we will but it's like see if you're going to do them like yeah. for anyone listening you have to go to someone who's experienced in doing them so you know how to do it safely to yeah, no. min, minimize the risk to cycle appropriately because you can't stay on these things for long periods no. of time
1: no and uh, not not just your, your your bodybuilding meathead or the most popular guy in the gym mm. that you know is taking it um somebody who has knowledge um in blood work someone that has um years of it behind them you know and and you can get all that information of of the social medias you can you can get it from speaking to them um just don't go to any any person that you know takes them yeah because most of them in your gym and most of the bodybuilders all have a coach higher up that that you don't see yeah so in fact all of them do <laughs> yeah. yeah so.
2: Uh, just to, to confirm just compare it, because I, I I'm kind of doing something similar to you so I wasn't in the bodybuilding I was in the kind of mainstream fitness going and training as such, but I guess how you just classified it, it kind of was bodybuilding. Now I think about that. I <laughs> was yeah, a bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah. Really um, long bodybuilder. <laughs> and then I've done the kind of the same thing just, you know, in the last year, kind of started doing weird endurance things. Um how how do you compare the like the buzz from it, the mental buzz and the lifestyle changes?
1: Okay, that's it. With the bodybuilding, um you have to be a robot. Um mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing day in. Day out. Um, People say that they they suffer. Um, The suffering comes in the form of, you know, social offence and, you know, not eating the the junk food or not drinking. And but to them, that's not suffering. But to other people, people, it is. But you just have to be, as I said, very robotic. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing day in, day out, and people just like the lockdown, can't do the same thing day in, day out. Um, Whereas with the running and the endurance challenges, this is going to sound sadistic, but I find a different level of pain and uncomfortableness that I didn't find with the bodybuilding. Uh Obviously, when you get into the gym with the bodybuilding, you've got your 45 to an hour and a half workout where you're lifting the weights, you're destroying the muscles and you feel doms and that, yeah. But with the endurance events, it rips you apart um completely different. You know, you may be ten miles, twenty miles, forty miles away from home, but you still have to get back. You can't mm. just lie down and let your body recover. Um to me I found a different level of um uncomfortableness, pain that allowed me to then push myself that a little bit further harder. And once you do accomplish it, yeah the
2: feelings the feeling's unbelievable. So in your endurance events, where have you found that highest Level of challenge that highest level of pain is there any moment that kind of springs out?
1: Yeah, it would have been um November before I'd done that um charity challenge there at the weekend. It would have been November. I'd done my first ultra marathon and I'd only been running five months and I decided to do it. Um, yeah, it was it was stupid. It was um 40 miles, 65 kilometers. Um, it was up over um. Sleeve Donard Mountain
0: Oh, right. and, okay, um,
1: yeah. so it was a thirteen point two mile lap, and it was up one of the mountains and back down background. And it was after the second lap I'd done, obviously, and just over a full marathon, and I was in bits. i I was on the ground at, at, at the beginning of the loop again, and I was like, i am not I am not able to take myself up that mountain again. I just physically I try to stand up and my calf muscles and my quad, everything were just gone. but I, I lay there for fifteen minutes, had a can of coke, and um something came over me. so I think I think it was a lady that ran by me, and I don't know if she muttered the words, "Come on, you're better than this or something. <laughs> something came, I don't know if it was stubbornness or or uh, not being anything against females, but she just plodded along in the way she went, and that was it. I got up and I gripped my teeth for another sort of. 15 miles but after that then once the pain become numb, I don't know if it was from the painkillers or just from from still running I actually got to the top of that mountain and then yeah, from there just the, the euphoria that came over me and I knew it was all downhill the last 10 miles and it was it was phenomenal the, feel, mm. the feeling is just euphoric
2: I, I can relate definitely relate and what I find with why I've kind of started to like the endurance is you see progression so much faster in endurance than you ever would with strength gains in the gym, either from a a functional or a aesthetic point of view. Um, You know, it might take months upon months to put on a kilo of muscle. Oh, yes. (laughs) Whereas, I mean, if you can run run for 20 minutes today, if you run that same 20 minutes, like three or four times, all of a sudden it feels easy, like so fast, like in a two, three week turnaround. Yeah, with the running, you don't have to be
1: talented, you don't have to be gifted, you don't have to be genetically gifted. Um, you just have to have the right mindset of putting one foot in front of the other and you can yeah. become good at running. Yeah.
2: You know, that's it. So give us context around the, the Amazon challenge that you were doing, because you kinda just said it, you kinda just brushed it over in a sentence <laughs> there. So I'm gonna have to pull you back on that. Like whoa, whoa, what what's what's this? Yeah, so um you know myself um
1: from my previous past of being in the military and everything i've seen especially to do with kids and that i do a lot of um charity work now mm-hmm. um especially for crumbling Children's hospital and Pierre house but for this one i was going for a Crumland Children's children hospital and i needed something that was going to push me so far out of my comfort zone but i also missed the aspect of the military in the mountains so i came across um this this race, um, it's beyond ultimate, they do it. They do the ice one, the jungle one, the desert one. And it's five marathons in five days through the Amazon jungle in Peru, carrying all your own kit and water. Um, but obviously, due to being successful and hopefully a new career path and the coronavirus, it all got cancelled. Okay. So at the minute now, I'm trying to reset and look at some Build myself up to something as similar as crazy as it,
2: but obviously the coronavirus is keeping us at a bay at that. Yeah, so when you look at doing that again, like in a year's time, is it still on yeah, the agenda? D-
1: yeah, yeah, 100%. It's still definitely on the agenda. It's um, just the, the thought of disappearing into the Amazon, carrying on your own sort of shelter, water for five days.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's right up my street. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen pictures of. People who have done the ice one and have done yeah. the marathon des de and in my head when I heard about these, I thought, well, if they're in the desert, they'll be obvi- like, there will obviously be some sort of path or trek they'll be running along, and you yeah. know, if they're in the the Arctic, they'll obviously be some sort of ice path they'll be running along. <laughs> How wrong I was! So in my head, yeah. even even as we you were describing that, I was thinking, well, if you're running through the Amazon, you'll obviously be on you know like a dirt track. Is that the yeah. case, or is it literally yeah. through the jungle?
1: Through the jungle, math and compass, <sighs> um, and there will be the through the Amazon. They get the locals out with a few of the other places, and if you do go way off, they do guide you, and you do have a GPS tracking system fitted to you. So it's not overly bad. Just the odd
2: jaguar you might have to dodge. But yeah, all I was worried about was snakes. When you were saying that, like w- <laughs> we don't do well with snakes as a as as a population. Snakes are our enemy.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah,
1: it's just, I definitely will look back at it. So um, one of the other guys, uh, Brian Keane Brian Keen Fitness, he's um, yep. he's sort of come away and he's really got into the endurance and he's actually already done um, the Ice One and I think he's done the Sahara One, the Marathon des Yeah, he did. Yeah. So hats, hats off to him. Yeah. So
2: yeah, I think it's for for me. Looking at those ones, they're still on a pedestal for me to look at. I'm kinda I'm on the one day ones right now. I think a one day <laughs> one. <laughs>
1: you can still cover a hundred miles in
2: a day. We'll edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah, you, you kinda just mentioned um Brian Keane, do you have anyone not just personal goals? But like professional goals, any mentors, idols who you kind of look up to and take inspiration from? Um, yeah, so
1: that's a, it's an inquis- interesting question. Depending on um, where I go to from here, the coronavirus, and whether I'm 100% back into the gyms or I'm successful in the new career path. Um, if, I, if I go to the new career path, then I won't invest in a mentor. Um, but if I'm back into the gyms 100%, then a mentor, somebody, I'll definitely be looking into. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe you. Once you get to a certain aspect in your career, that um, you do need someone else to guide you and push you. Uh, so, as as a mentor, I don't have anyone at the minute. It's all been my own work and my own my own drive. Mm-hmm. But for inspiration, um, you've got. I, I do I do like Brian Keen like coming down to just. Your normal person on the street, mm-hmm. right up to. Um, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I don't know if you, you know David Goggins.
0: Oh yeah, um, Goggins, yeah, obviously,
1: obviously the Rock, Dwayne Johnson. He's yeah, yeah. I just their their work ethic to me is just phenomenal, and mm-hmm. anytime I see them put out something, I'm like, right, that's it. I've got to
2: go. I've got to do something. Uh, you, you can't see it from where you are right now, but behind my laptop, I actually have a Dwayne Johnson quote. Um and it's it's the one that said nobody will ever outwork me so yeah you, you might yeah. be better than me you might be more skilled you might be smarter but nobody will outwork me and that's I think that's something we can all learn from and you, you know you look at what he's achieved in his life I mean it's easy to think it's overnight success yeah until you, you actually read what Dwayne Johnson went through as such a young man and he, yeah. he his dream wasn't acting his dream wasn't wrestling it was actually to be no. a football player yeah. yeah in NFL yeah that's yeah. it and he wasn't good in enough the, yeah. he got cut No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no look at so him it was probably the best thing that ever happened
1: for him Yeah. Well, hell yeah but just everything from you see him with his, his kids to to yeah to his work ethic to his training just he's just he's just up there mm. he is very cliche you know being you know the rogue Dwayne Johnson but no but then coming down obviously David Goggins and then yeah, I do I do enjoy watching Brian Keenan and his little feats that he's he's been accomplishing because I see myself on the sort of same path as him. I know mm-hmm. he just done a hundred mile race there and and that's that's in my that's in my target, that's in my vision, my goal. I want to do a, a hundred mile road race.
2: Yeah, he did so, uh he did the Vegas one, I think it was. Yeah. Um I did listen to his podcast on it. Um, and it sounded like such a horrendous kind of experience <laughs> for him. Kind of, and you say You say you can do it in a day. I'm kind of like. Nah. <laughs> have, have you heard about? It? I can't remember the name of it. I did listen to a podcast on it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna completely quote this wrong, but it's in New York. It's in Central Park where they run around like a one kilometer or maybe two kilometer square in. Yeah. Um, Central Park and they do this for something stupid like seven days
1: yeah so it's usually something like um, last man standing Uh um, I think is it yeah and um, it's just a last man standing you've got a certain time limit to complete a lap and if you do it in say Four hours or three hours or whatever, whatever it is um, you have to go again by a certain time and then, yeah and you just keep going and going and going until you're the last man standing.
2: Oh, it's madness. The yeah it's, it's madness. phenomenal so it is. I'm quoting my mum here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm about to quote mum. It's like now we we have we're thinking of these more more extreme events you know just as humans because yeah. you know 10 years ago an ultra marathon just taking an ultra marathon was such an elite thing whereas now so yeah. many people have done it we're all thinking of these extra fucking crazy things that we can all do to test us to challenge us to stand out amongst the crowd so, yeah
1: that's it it's god knows where it's going to end <laughs> yeah like,
2: like even rory sent me a he sent me something about somebody who had done ironman trafalcons he had done like, one Man triathlon, like, in a different country every month, and then I immediately sent him back a Netflix documentary of the Iron Cowboy, who's done 50 Ironman travelings in 50 days, and it's kind of, there's yeah. always just one upman, and then I know somebody has just arguably bettered that. Yeah. And yeah.
1: I just... yeah, the Ironman Man. Yeah, it's good. 50 travel on 50
2: days. Did he do it in 50 states? I think he did. Yes, yeah, he did it because, yeah, he like, started in Hawaii at like literally at zero, you know, and then you know, one minute past midnight. He had to finish it and then fly to the mainland and then yeah. immediately start again because of the time difference. So his rest was basically getting onto a plane and going again.
1: <laughs> and that's it. I don't know I don't know where it'll end with um human feats of endurance and but I guess that that kind of um goes through all sort of aspects of fitness you've got I was just laughing this morning at um Eddie Hall and Thor Johnson going back and forth at each other over powerlifting and trying to get like that five oh one or five oh two kilo hundred yeah. you know so i don't I don't know where it's gonna end and yeah but I don't think I'll ever accomplish something like 50 triathlons in 50 days.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever get the question, especially from people who know you and have seen this little change in you and they'll just ask you why? Like, why do you want to go to the Amazon? Why do you want to do the ultra marathon?
1: Yeah, there is. Um, There's that old one. You don't have to run a marathon. There's that little quote. um, And I'm just like, yes, But we all find, without sounding too philosophical, we all find peace um, and accomplishment in in different ways. Um, To me, it's pushing my body to the absolute limit of that it Mm -hmm. can to the point where I can no longer do any more. And in turn, if people pay money towards that and raise for a, a good cause, then that's it. 'Cause the thing is, um, a lot of these charities um now not, not not that they struggle because there is a lot of kind people in the world, but long gone are the days of people just, just donating. You don't donate anymore. Um so people if like to see other people suffering before they um donate their their hard earned cash
2: and it's something i thoroughly enjoy like 15 years ago it used to be sponsor me to do a bungee jump now it's sponsor sponsor me to do an ultra marathon
1: yeah that's it (laughs) i might go back to the bungee jumping
2: so yeah just on your charity work um what charities is it you've supported and you know are close to your heart and you know what what do you maybe have coming up
1: um, so the two main ones that I have been running for are the Children's Hospital and um, Pieta House.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Again, someone's always asking me um, why the Children's Hospital. Do um, you know Touchwood? None of my, my nephews or nieces have, have been in Children's Hospital. My son has never been in, so I've been quite blessed that way. But that kind of it kind of stems back to Afghanistan when um seeing the children and, and how they're treated and how they live out there um every time i went out on patrol and one of the one of, from one of our bases there was a young girl that would always say hello we'd give balls of water to we'd um, she, she became a, a friend so to speak but unfortunately on one occasion um the taliban or the insurgents whatever you want to call them um, placed an improvised explosive device a bomb in her backpack and try to target us by killing her. So, you know, from then I've always had a great deep stem that I would try and help children and kids and everything from moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, so that's why I'm quite quite prominent on working for the children's hospital.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Pieta House, I've seen so many friends, um, people suffer uh, from uh, from Afghanistan from just general life um, and the amount of suicides that I've seen and friends take is another reason why it's Pierre house. So yeah they're the two main reasons um, for them two charities that that we do most of our work for.
2: I'm going to put both of their links, if you can send me the best links I'll put them in the show notes for people to go and you know read their pages and if anyone has you know wants to make a donation at this point you can. just kind of you said about you know mental health you know what, what do yeah. you what kind of just to stay kind of on I was going to say on trend of COVID-19 of where we are now <laughs> um, How, how's your mental health what are you doing for your mental health right now you know that routine is gone do you have any strategies anything that just keeps you ticking over
1: um to keep myself well it was obviously that 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 crazy sorry <laughs> challenge there in the weekend <laughs> Besides, um, apart from that, um, I'm okay. I'm okay in isolation. Um, yeah. So I, do, I don't find myself struggling. Um, what I do find the hardest at the minute that does play on me is um, is Roman. is my little boy. Mm-hmm. He had a very, very active lifestyle. He had his school. He had his after schoolers. He had his gymnastics, his swimming, his, uh, his guard training. So he was rarely in the house. <laughs> yeah uh, you know sundays were the only days that he didn't really do anything um and he was he was in the house um and now he's asking where his friends are where his training is where where you know where his teacher is where where everything is and i'm his dad and trying to be you know his his friend his teacher his you know and you can not you just you can't be all of them to mm-hmm. that one little person so watching him struggle um trying to entertain him is what gets me the most uh, rather than my own mind you know my, my routine hasn't changed that much mm-hmm. i still get up in the mornings so i still do a bit of his um get on the laptop reply to emails and that go out for a run so in regards to
2: me um i can handle it yeah i've got i've one word that can fix all his problems but, tiktok
1: <laughs> he's, not, he's five. He's not getting on
2: TikTok yet. No, no, you gotta do TikTok videos together. You'll love it.
1: Okay, I'll try. I'll tag you in the first one. <laughs> I really love it.
2: Love it. Um and then I've got three stock questions which I i always finish podcasts with. Um, but just before okay. I do them, what you know was you know, what are your kind of messages to, you know, your members and you know, potentially staff right now, with obviously their gym isn't open? Yeah. Um, the gym's not open now,
1: but we, we will be back. Um, mm-hmm. We have an amazing community and support from all all the members and staff who have continued to support us through this. And because mm-hmm. of that, we will be there when they open. All, all I ask is that they keep some sort of routine. Um, don't slip into doing nothing every day, uh, because that will be a harder hole to climb out of. Mm -hmm. whether it's set an alarm and get up if you go for a nap in the afternoon so be it but continue to get up continue to keep a routine it's that old um saying um from from the u.s marine corps um the first thing you do when you get up is make your bed because at least that's one task you've accomplished for that day and it'll Mm -hmm. start to roll over for the rest of the day um i'd just like to say thank you to all of them and, and they know that we're here for 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 any support and guidance that they need, but be prepared to hit the ground running when we reopen them doors.
2: So It sounded like a threat. <laughs> it is, it is. So one of the stock questions is about the books. So what books have you read recently or listened to recently, Um and who would you re- recommend it for?
1: Oh, see. This is one of these things I see everybody um, on Instagram and um, online sharing books and reading books. I don't, it's not that I don't have the time because I'm sure I could put 30 minutes away, but I don't read that much. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't read that many books. I used to a lot, but me now, um, Instead of 30 minutes reading a book, I'd, um, I would prefer to write ideas down, my own ideas down oh, yeah? um, and plan for the next day um, or spend 30 minutes with, with, with my wife or my little boy. So I don't, I don't actually read, but I do listen to audio books when I'm training yeah. or when I'm out running. Um, and the last ones that I've listened to would have been uh, one on sleep. Is it the, the Why We Sleep? the mm-hmm. david goggins what the david goggins one and and um and it was a, you've already mentioned him and militants mm-hmm. uh first book but i would definitely um oh wait, there's a third one for anyone that's getting into training and wants to under understand training um would be ross Edgeley's one uh i forget the title of it it was his first book
2: Fitness book um, the words yeah, book. Worth yeah. This
1: book for any new trainer for anyone getting into fitness or for anyone that doesn't fully understand it, phenomenal book, absolutely brilliant. And then I would also listen to David Goggins' audio book because it's unlike other audio books. The narrator stops after every chapter and actually speaks to David Goggins and gets the true meaning of everything. And it just opens your mind to what one man has accomplished and suffered. And then what he says um, inspires a lot. So yeah, definitely. Uh, the the two I would I would go would be the David Goggins one and the Ross Edgley one first.
2: Yeah, th- two very different
1: insights.
2: Uh, you know, I got a lot from, and so yeah. much so uh, Ross's book. I, for our coaching program and Jump, in when it's rebranded and the new one, part of that when they book on and you know buy Jump, they're actually yeah. going to get Ross Edgley's audiobook as part of that. Ah, nice. So set up in such a way because I think it is such. It's so valuable in terms of how you can just apply it to your life without having yep. a level two level of knowledge. You know, yeah. anyone can get from it. And the, the Goggin's book, I mean, the audio book, I mean, this has come up in the podcast a few times. It's they basically, they do a running commentary on the book the whole way through yeah. the way it's done. it's It's like a podcast. It's like a book reading and a podcast all at the same time. Um, yeah it's it's uh, a shame a lot
1: more autobiographies aren't like that because I would probably listen to more autobiographies of people's lives if it was more like his um as you said the narrator and him just giving the actual pure raw insight Uh to to everything
2: it's interesting because it was I've never heard of a podcast sorry an audiobook being done like that before and two people who well Brian Keane he's already come up with the podcast he mentioned that his latest book took him ages to do in terms of the audiobook recording because he kept saying the wrong word or rephrasing a sentence that he was reading and it needed yeah. to be word for word. Whereas Goggins was allowed to do it that way. And I think yeah. it was a lot more personable. And yeah, I mean, I certainly got a lot more and you know, every, anyone who I've heard of I'm reading the Goggins book. I'm saying, stop reading it, stop. go and listen to it because yeah. it's so much better. Hundred percent, hundred percent, so much better. <laughs> but I've I've never heard of a, a book being done like that, and I would consume a lot of audiobooks. Nothing even close. Yeah. No. Um, and then the one of the last ones I've got here is <clears throat> during lockdown. Can't be a member of the family, by the way. I didn't actually send you this. Can't be a okay. member of the family. Um, just to, so as you know, we're not offending anyone here. Uh, which three people would you like to be locked down with? Oh, me. okay. And you can go any time in history, by the way. It can be living or dead. Oh, okay. Well, you know, besides
1: the likes of Jessica Biel and Selena Gomez and J-Lo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's go um, Frank Sinatra. Oh, Frank uh, Sinatra. Yeah, music and a fellow whiskey drinker. So we'd have our whiskey. Um... Then it'd have to be something. Then it'd have to be a chef because obviously I want good food. Um, Gordon Ramsay would be a fucking. He would be. He would be, be. He'd be gas. He'd be. He'd be funny. <laughs> but I think um, probably someone like Nigella Lawson would be a little bit better to look at. With still good food. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then the third one. Um, probably you've got Frank Sinatra. You've got Nigella Lawson. Um, maybe a bit of comedy then. Um, whether or not that be someone like Kevin Hart or Will Ferrell.
2: So I would like to say
1: David Goggins and Dwayne Johnson, but I, you know, I think I'm going for lockdown. So it would have to be Frank Natural whiskey, Nigella Lawson food, and Kevin Hart comedy. Love that! Absolutely love that!
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a TV show! <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and then you can make this question as big or as small as you want. What is next for you?
1: Um, next for me. As I says, um, I was quite successful in some rounds of a new career. So I'm just waiting to hear out um, from that. But then I also have a massive campaign launching with the children's hospitals coming up as soon as this is over. Mm-hmm. So um, it's gonna be something everyone can get involved in from park runs to um, fun, fun appearances um, to charity raising. And then I'll be finishing off the whole campaign Um, well it was supposed to be the Dublin Marathon so hopefully that 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 goes ahead Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah so hopefully new career
2: and and a massive campaign coming up for the Jones Hospital Awesome Tom I've loved chatting to you Uh, where can people find you on social media?
1: Yeah just um, my Instagram page obviously at Tom Hemp nothing nothing too mad <laughs> i should have it as the strength runner i might change that <laughs> oh
2: you gotta get that somebody so, else will get yeah,
1: that <laughs> that's it. it's gonna be be confident be conditioned and be well rounded strength runner <laughs> there you go right right that one down <laughs> i love it love it and then just on um through the gym pages as well
2: fbt gyms magic mate thank you so much for coming on to the podcast
1: no thank you ricky thank you
2: see you later That was a phenomenal episode. I really enjoyed having that chat with Tom. Uh, Regular Long Podcast, sponsored by Pony for Sport, Body Core Training, Jump Hub 4.2. Check out the Patreon in the show notes. And by the way, if you've listened to this far, do us a wee favour, take a screenshot on your device right now, stick it in Instagram stories, tag me, helps me out a lot, and it lets me know that the content I'm putting out there is being listened to. It lets me know that the content I'm putting out there is being appreciated. Moving into the middle week in April, I want to share with you an acronym Lindsay and I have been using uh, with all our clients. It's called CALM, C-A-L-M. Every day, make sure you connect with someone, phone them, FaceTime them, have that connection. A, act of random kindness with serve somebody else with no expectation of a repayment to yourself L, laugh every single day. Find your laugh and hormones. Stick on videos on YouTube or TikTok or all classic comedies that you love. M, move. Get your 30 minutes of exercise every day, whether that's 50 burpees in the house or whether that's a 5km run. There's some really, really good Posts on social media right now where it's like, you know, nominate, run 5K, nominate five people, donate five pounds um, to various charities, Uh, I think mainly with the NHS, which is obviously fantastic. So C-A-L-M, connect, act, laugh, move. If you do that on a daily basis, it'll go a long way to serving your mental and physical fitness. My name's Ricky Long. This is Ricky Long Podcast. You are listening to this inside your ears, inside your head, and I really, really appreciate your Time, love, energy, and if you could do us a wee favor, iTunes, get on there, stick on five stars. Let's bump it up the charts. Let's get it in the top one thousand. That would be absolutely weaker, mate. absolutely wicker. You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long
0: answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.